I am unashamed. What about you? I didn't figure that you two boys would actually end up knowing as much as you do. So I'm pleasantly surprised when I hear y'all pontificate on anything, even bats. You're wondering how we turned out so smart, right? Well, well are you ready? I'm fixed to blow your mind with what I'm fixed to tell you. Oh, boy. I, You know, this, this, I am not going to embellish. I'm just going to give you the facts of what happened. And if, if we had seatbelts in our... In our chairs, yeah, I would I would recommend putting one on. In other words, in other words, this is right next to blast off. Yeah, this just happened. So I'm in Austin, and my assistant is Missy's aunt. It's very hard to describe. So her, what would her son would be my nephew, cousin, nephew, cousin? but like yeah. in law, because it's Missy's aunt, right? Right. All right, well, she's out. Oh, that'd be cousins, yeah. You'd be that. So is that my cousin? That'd be your cousin in law. In law, yeah. Okay, so she's at our house. I'm in Austin, and we're we're like having a meeting, Missy and I, and our because she works for us, and she also runs the uh, the Mia. She's movie. Missy's aunt, but she's not much older than Missy. No, that's weird. Which is confusing to yeah, me because she's Peggy's her mom's younger sister, so. They're kind of near the yeah. same age. Okay. Well, something happens. Her phone starts going off, and she just starts becoming real emotional. And I'm like, what's going on? She's That's like, common to all women. Well, <laughs> I, no comment. So she becomes real emotional, and she says, Missy's like, what's going on? And she said, well, you know, which I wasn't up on the situation, but her son and his wife – we're expecting a baby. And so they decided, I don't know the reason. I mean, maybe it was because we're coming off this coronavirus or whatever, but they they decided they were going to have the baby via the midwife. So, so that, that was the plan, right? So, so midwives are back. Uh, They're back. That's that. They're not going to the hospital. We got a midwife. We're going to do this here. They have it all planned out. Well, the midwife wasn't there, and all of a sudden, his wife says, this is happening. <laughs> so the reason she became emotional is because her son, my cousin-in-law, says, this is happening, and the midwife is not here. So my <laughs> assistant says, call the midwife. So he gets on... Because at this point, when I'm hearing this story, I'm like, this is kind of like you're on an airplane and something happens to the pilot. And now you're 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 in the seat. (laughs) You're you're driving the plane. So you call a friend and say, what do I do? So this starts happening. And these are young people, obviously. They're young. Yeah, this guy's not he's not in the medical field. All right. So he knows nothing. And the baby starts coming out, and he just assumes the, you know, the center position, I guess, to make a football analogy. <laughs> you know, he gets under center and starts calling the plays there <laughs> to his wife. And I'm like, I started getting a little nauseous thinking, what if I was in this situation? Oh, my word. And so he's like, I see the head. Here we go. The shoulders get hung, and they're just walking him through this. And and so, look, from start to finish, it's 40 minutes. And when the baby comes out after there was a problem with the shoulders getting hung, and, I mean, he's like, you know, I had to go up in there. And, I, I mean, I was just like, mm. oh, wow. Well, the baby's born, but the water hadn't broken. And so he's talking to this midwife, and he's like, Cause they're like, what is, what is going on? It's like, well, there's this sack of fluid over the baby. They're like, you you have to bust that because the baby can't breathe. So it was like an anxious, you know, panic filled moment. It's like, well, what do I bust it with? She said, whatever is nearby. (laughs) So he looks over on his nightstand. I mean, there he's in his bedroom. Has never done this. Hadn't even read a manual. Somebody's telling him. He looks over there. He had hung um, some fixtures with using 
uh, a drill bit. And so he grabs a drill bit. And <laughs> you can't make, I told you to put your seatbelt on. <laughs> and he breaks the water so the baby can breathe. And 40 minutes start to finish, baby born. When he sent us the picture, the cord was still attached because he's like, when I, I mean, got to figure out how do I get this off. Well, was they were go, getting to that step. Find it's some like, hedge, hedge clippers or something to get that off. I mean, this is like yeah. tool time <laughs> comes to the. So birth. my cousin-in-law, <laughs> and then about about when all the fuss was over, the midwife shows up. So he's like, <laughs> done. But it made me think: we're paying tens of thousands of dollars to these people out here delivering these babies, and I guess you know, in case something goes wrong, is why you why you why you do that. Well, because the 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 birth of a child, as you just described, it, it's a it's quite the happening. I mean, it's a it's a violent. I compared it to precarious. I situation. compared it when I watched Jephthah being born, y'all's younger brother, to a to the to the uh, the gutting of a hog. Oh, good. good. <laughs> I mean, I just looked down and I saw all that was going on there, and the I thought, gutting of a hog. I thought, I don't know. You, 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 you question these women from time to time. I said, but I officially saluted womanhood worldwide when I saw Miss K have a child. I said, you know what? I said, I don't think men could stand that. Well, and in this right. case with your cousin-in-law, I mean, the, the fear factor would be, and I would have the same thing since I don't know any, I mean, I would be, if you mess up here or feel like you messed up, I mean, literally your son or daughter, was, well, it, it, was, a, was it a boy or a girl? I have to think now. <laughs> All the confusion did I, did I ever get. get the, oh, that's pretty good. Jackson. I missed it was that a one. girl? <laughs> So so the baby and mother are doing well. What's the what's the upside? Oh, everybody. The upside was I walked outside feeling like I could do anything. <laughs> yeah, I really did. I thought here's a couple in their house, and they're you know they're doing something I guess unique. So the idea world. they didn't want it in a hospital because they didn't want it to catch the coronavirus. Know. No, I don't know the reason. No, I think there's I, a movement now across our culture. I've been hearing about this more about people wanting to have their children at home because there's something going on with like the one I was reading about. They the wife is in the bathtub full of water, and you have the child in the water. You know, that's supposed to be. I don't know. I mean, so I'm sure somebody out there listening will tell us what all this stuff is about. But there seems to be kind of a movement to get away from the whole hospital thing. But now Sadie just had a baby. You know, last week her daughter and. But the problem was, Jace, the, from what was told to us, she she had the same situation with her daughter's shoulders. They're real wide, which, you know, yeah. I, after seeing her husband, I can see why. She's married to a Captain America. And her the shoulders got hung up. She said every nurse in there, because this nine-pound baby that Sadie had, was on top of her stomach to push that daughter out i mean three or four nurses just, which sounds just like tough but i mean they, it was like a panic moment well to show you sort of a little sequence uh event uh i was born in 46 but prior to to me being born and i think tommy too the first three they just had them at home yeah Ma just had them in your house right in this case a log cabin i mean you know looked like if you'd walked up there, you'd have, for, for, except for the old Ford car sitting up there, you'd have thought it was 1850s 50, instead of 19. But anyway, but they had them, they had a midwife, usually kinfolks, uh, aunts, you know, your mother's, your mother's sister, they'd have somebody that would be there. And they just had them, hey, they didn't, they didn't go to the clinic or do anything else. Yeah. I mean, just raw boned it the whole way. Yeah. Well, that was about two or three ahead of me. But by the time they got, they got more sophisticated by the time my birthday was ready to happen. So they they had they go to a clinic, drive to a clinic, you know. But they out in the, the next day. I mean, they just walk out and you know had the happy. What was the name of the old doctor? She always used to say the party. Yeah, Doctor Party. I always heard that it was story. a girl. I, I remember this now. is his fee. <laughs> you talk about Doc and uh, Matt Dillon, you know. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Party, Ma would say, "Gunsmoke reference." I'd be a little kid. I've been sewn up, you know. One time, I 
gouged the big scar, still a big scar there right in my leg there. So stuff like that, he he just walk up there and Dr. Party, yeah, man, he, he'll be all right. He said, let me see what here. He'd go over, you know, of course, I don't remember any deadening. No, just suck it up. But he <laughs> he passed it up. And she said, what do you, Dr. Party? He said, all about a buck. <laughs> She'd come out with one dollar. <laughs> Give my daughter. You walk out and get back your old car. Well, drive. Times have changed. When you say <laughs> there hey, was a girl, on we there. never heard of insurance or <laughs> Medicare, Medicaid, well, none of that. They named they named her River. Life was far more simple in those days. But I'm just going to tell you, boys, y'all are young bucks, younger. I say y'all young. Y'all going to be middle aged, and I'm no, I'm, we're we're already there. You're catching me. <laughs> but I'm just saying. Life was a lot more simpler then, much more simple. But it was it was the way to roll. Well, even in my lifetime, does I mean it was just a you you the, carried on the same tradition. The first urologist that you saw, I wind up saying he's dead now. He was kind of an old salty guy, duck hunter, and so you traded him some fish for him to see you years ago. Yep. And so I thought, hmm, that seems like a pretty good deal there, and so. When it, I went, had a vasectomy done, and so I went out, I was like, yeah, how much is this going to cost me? He said, uh, probably about two Opelousas catfish dressed be good to go. Bartering, it's a great system. I mean, so that, yeah, so I, I basically traded a vasectomy for two Opelousas catfish. Now, I don't like that deal. <laughs> I, <laughs> not blue cat, ops. It had to be ops. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> he, I, did, he knew the I don't like anything about the deal. You know, I have a rule I live by. No metallic instruments are allowed below the belly button for any yeah, reason. Yeah, you wait till that old prostate starts going on. You, you know what? I'll deal with it. Because I said, I'm not going to fool with these doctors, but when I started crawling toward the bathtub and looked down, you know and look, you're, you're talking about uh, the old prostate, the old testicles, get it, they both get about the size of that cup right there. You say, okay, that old doctor said, oh, he'll be back. He told Miss Kay, he'll, he'll call me. I, I, she said, he ain't coming back. Well, I did, but it was crawling. You talk about rough. Well, I said I was so, going to break the chain on that. Yeah. I have any prostate issues, which I'm starting to have now because genetic. I said I'm going to the doctor early and often because I don't want to be down on my hands. So and two different you. two different issues, but you're saying there what there is. I should have an amendment to allowing it a medical. I mean a metal instrument below the belly button. My question. If, if yeah. I develop yeah. what exactly prostate, was the call any prostate, kind of prostate problem. Yeah. But the bottom line is I thought that about that, you know, when I'm saying, you know, the the old way, the barding way, the charge you a dollar to go see a doctor, it was a great way to live. And uh, not not very many hospital visits at all. But you know, I just thought about that. When these old men started having prostate problems, you know, back in the day. Yeah. These old cats, you know, they lived to be old as a hills. Well, but, but when they had prostate problems, what did they do? Well, they other su- than just suffer. I want to say <laughs> suck do. it up, but there ain't no sucking this up. I do think if you go back, uh, the life expectancy probably was younger than it is now. Well, it, no doubt it was because you know, and you eventually prostate cancer. You know, I mean, there's you know, but you're right. It was mostly later in life, and I mean, you got to die of something. But it, it, it'd be a painful way I to knew go. some old people, and I said, Mom, what's that? What's wrong with Mr. What's, his, what's that on his head? And she said, oh, that's a big cancer he's had. He said, since he's about 20. And just be a big growth. Big growth mm. on the side of his head. He lived about 95. Finally, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Finally passed on. Mm. So it's finally tough. got him. <laughs> let's t- let's you take- got by with less, that's for sure. Let's take a break. So we've been talking about, the, in Romans 1 in particular, how uh, people can invent ways of doing evil when you're on the destructive path. One of uh, one of our sponsors, Home Title Lock, has found another way that we have talked about quite a bit on the podcast, that there are people now that they're cyber thieves is what they call them. So they get on the Internet and they figure out ways to hack into your information and steal things from you, you know. They invent ways of doing evil. <laughs> exactly. And so they've invented a new one. Facebook had 500 million accounts exposed to cyber thieves, according to the FBI. 500 so, what? 500 million. 
So that's that's how prevalent these these thieves are out there. They get your name, address, personal information, and once they get it, they can. In this case, they go in and steal someone's home right out from under you because you know your your title is put out there. What I'm still asking the question I've still been asking. And this is supposed to be a good thing. Well, the it comput- is a, the computer world. It is a good thing if you're listening to Unashamed. Not so good if uh, they're stealing your home. So here's what you want to do. Go to HomeTitleLot.com. Register your address. Make sure you're not a victim. You get 30 days of free protection. They're going to make sure that you're covered. HomeTitleLot.com. Use the promo code RADIO. That's HomeTitleLot.com. Promo code RADIO. Well, Jace, you're right. My mind is blown. So it was a girl you found out. It was a girl. I knew it was, but look, I I have trouble when I tell that story now getting past the drill bit. Because, boy, when that happened, there was something inside of me said, yes. Okay. So what were your tools? You know, because I can hear him saying, so there I was. It's my wife. The baby's coming out. I took a drill bit. And then less than an hour. He's got a story now. Baby born. But so the, so all now, the movies though, they get like boiling water and strips of linen. You no, know, I, I don't know. Hot water just, was the first thing they asked for. I'll tell you something else too. I, I I left this out of the story, but it's a key component. He did all this by himself with his three year old saying, Daddy, what's this? Oh, Daddy, what have boy. we done? Daddy. <laughs> so <laughs> Just to make it, <laughs> yeah, we have uh, a. Three- I hate to ask this, but what line of work is this dude in? <laughs> well, he's not delivering babies. I can tell you that. That's why I asked. He, what's he decided he's, he's going to be a designing delivery houses and mm. he's an architect and huh. in that world. And the three-year-old was present for the whole thing. That yeah. child will never be the same. I mean, that's quite the thing to witness. You know, if you want a family bonding moment, (laughs) if you need something to tell you that we as a family can do anything and and make just deliver your own baby with a drill bit, that that pretty well, you don't have nowhere to go but up. Most of the time at water breaks before we get to that. I know. I thought that was crazy. I mean, I've never even heard it. Yeah. I mean, my favorite line of the entire thing was the midwife is whatever you can find. Yeah. I mean, at that point, forget boiling water. <laughs> we need this baby breathing. Yeah. yeah. So, and he's like, oh, had a drill bit in arm's reach. I mean, I was just, the redneck inside of me was like, okay. But you know, boy. But just think about that for just a minute. We, we've been talking a lot about God, the creator, and from what is seen is is leaves you without excuse. Think about what you just described. So there's so a baby for nine months is living in a sack of water and breathing it. And yeah. other, other fluids. Yeah. But, and yeah. breathing, you know, under like, you know, underwater, yeah. Yeah. which you can't do once you're born. Once that once they cut that sack, then you're breathing air from that point forward. Man. Mm-hmm. How crazy is that? I mean, like what what could come up? What 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 do you say? Dale? What department in saltwater came up with that plan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it it leads back to our last podcast of what we're saying. For you to believe that this all just happened randomly, and all this sophistication and really intellect, yeah, and, and details is coming from just nothing nothingness, which would be. From an intellectual view, just well, an, an idiot, a dumbfounded plan. And it, think about it, it all doesn't the make other, sense. The, all the other living things, when it comes to human beings, they don't have the law. A certain group, the Gentiles, they didn't know anything about the law of Moses. You say, so how could God say they were sinful? They didn't have a code to break. Right. So Romans chapter two, that's coming up. They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts. The old conscious, the conscience is there. Their conscience is also bearing witness. uh, This is not right, but I'm going to do it anyway. I mean, but something is telling them. You say, where's that coming from? Well, the animal world, you can train them, but they don't. They don't deal with the issues mm-hmm. that human beings deal with. This whole thing about we came from animals, and that's where we got our conscience. You're like, hmm. Their thoughts now accusing 
even defending them. You do something and your conscience says, uh, at first it says, why'd you do that? that? You know better than that. And you like, you feel this guilt. So, uh, right. Then the next thing your conscience might do, it begins to defend you by doing by saying this to you. Well, everybody else is doing that's it. Exactly I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not as bad as that guy. I'm not as bad as well, that's Romans chapter two. Exactly. About those, you therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. The cancel culture comes to mind. I got a book on it coming out. For at whatever point you judge the other, you're condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. That's right. So you, you look at it, you say, can't be any accusations unless you're sin-free. It's like yeah. when, when Bobo goes up to the end of the road, when when some of the dogs up here in Jimmy Red's empire go in heat, yep. he doesn't come back feeling bad about you no. know his whole you know immoral situation. No. He doesn't even bat an eye, does he? No. Nope. I mean, that's the difference in us and him. You know, it's interesting because my grandkids, I mean, they're so obvious. Like, they'll do something wrong. They'll, they'll be doing something they've been told not to do. And you walk in a room and you look at them, and they have a look on their face that you know instantly – you're doing something you're not supposed to. What are you doing? What do you, what do you, what do you got? What do you got there? It, it's so it's built into us to have this conscience idea. It takes a while to understand the implications of it. Well, it's amazing how, I mean, and Phil, you know, we talked about last podcast that, you know, we attack the excuses because when you try to attack the behavior, you know, people argue right and wrong or, you know, they justify what they do or, but when you attack the excuse, cause, and I brought up that Colossians 1, because you become an enemy of God in your mind first, you know, to detach yourself from the idea that God created us and, and to justify the way you live and decisions you make, who you hang out with, you, you, you come up with these excuses in your mind. But even to your point, what's amazing to me is two of the excuses, I think, for why people don't surrender to Jesus is they're they're on two opposite extremes. Some people think they're too bad. Yep. They're like, well, I'm I'm too far gone. Right. Well, some people think they don't need God because they're good <laughs> on their own. And you see that they're in the same camp, but yep. one of them says, "I like my life. Mm -hmm. I don't." And, you, and another person's like, "I don't like my life, but I can't be forgiven." So that's what's strange to me on how you know this spiritual war we have. Is that it's just hard. The reason we we talk about this for hours, right? Is that it's just it's hard to put everything in a simple little box because we're all individuals, we're all different. You know, even when I to go back to to their baby being born, just think of the trust there. You know, I'm looking at it because I'm a man. I'm looking at it from the man's perspective. But what about his wife? She's sitting there, no pain medication, none. Of, it's no, already traumatic. No and so epidurals. now you're looking to the doctor for confidence. Oh no, it's my husband with a drill bit in his hand. <laughs> I'm like, this woman needs. I mean, the trust factor there. Yeah. It, you know, just us as humans. And uh, I think that leads to another excuse, which is what he got into, which was the whole point of your sermon, which led. The last time is there's different lanes on this broad road to right. dis destruction. There's different excuses because it all comes down to your posse, really. You know, we, we all have people that we're around that influence us, and we have our own ideas and our own excuses in our mind. But it's really hard when you have around you people are saying, ah, oh, there's no God. Those people, they're a bunch of hypocrites, and they're – or you're, you know, you're good enough. You're a good moral person because he addresses the different ways, but still it comes down to that excuse because he had just said you can see God's invisible powers. Right. Then he gets to chapter two, which so he's going to get into the different types of behaviors. You know, I'm a pretty good moral person, mm -hmm. but in his first line is, "You therefore have no excuse." <laughs> I mean, it, it keeps going back to how you justify your existence and the decisions. Well, you and make. I think part of it was in verse 32, which is kind of a transition. Dad read that last time. Not only do they do these things, but also approve of those who practice them. You know, you think about it if a person 
looks at most of the world and says, you know, they're, they're terrible. I mean, those people, they're doing terrible stuff, but you know, what do I care as long as you don't affect me with it? A lot of people are like that. They don't have any God conscious in themselves. They don't want to be, as long as you don't get into my life and my world, I don't care what you do. And it's this same mindset that you see here. You're still without excuse, just like the other people are. Just because you compare yourself to them doesn't mean anything. It's kind of a lack of self-awareness yeah. more than anything. When you look at the... Hang on, Jess. Let's take a break. So obviously we've been affected a lot by uh, one of our sponsors, Ancestry.com, because we literally discovered that you had a daughter, she yeah. had a dad, you, and we had a sister that we never would have known about had we not gotten to the point where people can look at their DNA and figure some stuff out, you know? And she did the looking. Yeah. And for a pretty good while before she found us, which is really interesting. And now she's an integral part of our life, uh, which is which is pretty exciting. You know, she yeah. lives here in West Monroe. So if you, you know, I'm not saying... You go look just to see if you have children. It may just be to find out a little bit about your background, but you never know when you may have a great blessing around the corner. So uh, we love the guys at Ancestry.com. You can discover your family history, bring your family together. It's Ancestry.com slash Phil. You can learn about your past. You can share stories about your past. Get closer to your family. Ancestry.com slash Phil. Check out your family tree. So go to Ancestry.com slash Phil and you get a free trial. When you look at the spiritual thing, you know, a lot of that, you know, my cousin-in-law having that experience, and, you know, and his wife, I, I I look at that from a spiritual viewpoint as in, you know, we're born again. When, when Jesus told Nicodemus, you got to be born again. And all the, even from the water not breaking, I thought, you know, I, I thought the same thing about, the water had to be broken. He he had to do it, but you know he could have made a lot of excuses. Number one being, I'm not qualified to do this. But he 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 didn't he didn't do that. It's his wife. It's his it's he his baby. He waited a little late on contacting the midwife. <laughs> My sister. Well, a little I mean, late. according to them, this just like it went from oh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. We got all this planned out to nine one one. Stop the presses. <laughs> this baby's coming out now, and so because of love, you you he bypassed all the excuses. And I, I thought about that from a spiritual view because it, it's messy and it takes courage and to bring someone to christ yeah but you think about we're doing the same thing we're we're out there sharing jesus with people we're, we have them in our homes and it's messy and sometimes it's it's you know you're you're scared or you know yeah. whatever the situation is and you can always make an excuse on why you shouldn't do it but that love for changing eternal destiny is really what it what it gets down to to saying we want new births to occur. That's right, and the, uh, the, I think it's a good analogy. The beauty of uh, hearing the gospel and obeying it, and being in Christ, the beauty of it, because you got that Romans chapter two that he's fixing to come up with, but uh, the beauty of of this is. Uh, Let's see, everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And this little phrase, in lieu of what the Apostle Paul said in Romans, because I, after I read that about the conscience, this will take place. You say, what kind? some kind of replay. Not for the ones in Christ, because in Christ... In him, he appeared so that he might take away sins, and in him is no sin. So when the replay begins at Judgment Day, the replay is only for the wicked. And all of them that justified mm -hmm. all these things that their conscience says, what, what, what are you doing? <clears throat> their sins are going to come forth. So this is why you're going to perish. Right. You had the opportunity to have this taken care of. Being in my son, you wouldn't even be counted as a sinner at all. Right. In Jesus is no sin. Right. So it's protection. The 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 person you're in, it's like uh, you know, the cauldron in the middle of the earth is generating this this force field that keeps meteorites and 
all this stuff hit from hitting the earth. Right. It's protection there. Well, you get in Jesus, no replay. Yeah. They just, God just looked at you and said, I, I don't see any sin. Oh, you're the one, you're one of the ones that embraced my son. No That's sin right. for you. So it's pretty cool because he said this will take place on the, on the day when God will judge men's secrets. All the things you thought, that replay, it ain't going to lie. <laughs> Uh, through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares. So the gospel comes forth. The only place it comes forth, by the way, in three chapters from 118 to 320, there's no good news. It's all bad news. Even that, you say, the gospel is going to declare you innocent. Innocent. So Which, man. Where was that at? Where, what text that's were you? First John? Yeah, that's Romans 2, and I read First John chapter 3, verse 4. So, so it, it takes away that excuse, as we talked about, I think on the last podcast, about the excuse of, well, you're a hypocrite because you still sin. But they never understand that Jesus took all our sin. I mean, that, so the, the idea about living unashamed is not just what Paul said, I'm unashamed of the gospel, but I live without shame. Yeah. Because even when I mess up, that's why he died for me. As we long as I'm willing to uh, to profess my allegiance to Christ— he takes we probably don't stress the mediating work and the relationship we have with God where no sin's being counted against you. Right. You know, you can't live like the devil who you, 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 you know, just get up and do what's right. And your mistakes you make as you go forward, they're not counted against you. Right. You're in a yeah. position where the, the sins can't get to you. Even though you make them, the blood is, is, is removing even your future sins. Well, we probably need to stress that a little more to people. Oh, you're right. But I think a a hidden theme in Romans is because he says in Romans that I brought up before in Romans 1, 17, and then he reiterates it from a from a different perspective in chapter three and 22, 21 and 22, that this righteousness, this freedom, this forgiveness it's coming from God. It's not coming from your own human performance that's correct no matter what lane you're in on the road to destruction whether you're what what were your categories al so you uh, got the you got the depraved lane which is the first one that's which that is wide, romans one one what 18 to 32 okay then you know, what's that, the next that's, get that bible out of my face I yeah mean, that's the that, guy who he's, he's <coughs> he hates god and hates people who consciences have been seared you don't you don't feel a start you don't even feel bad about what you're doing anymore you just live or it's a guy who's who has some faith but has like a double light right. i mean it's doing more disruptive i, d- I discussed these matters with uh corolla it went on his podcast and then they had the ones, and they ninety something percent of the people said, you know, that was a great discussion mm-hmm. between an atheist and a guy who, who follows yeah. Jesus. So I, when no one was mean, we nope. just he he laid out his agenda, and I laid out Jesus. Yep. But some guy, his only response was, Phil Robertson, I strongly dislike you. <laughs> <laughs> I strongly dislike you. Sure That's all he I'm said. I'm sure he's one yeah. of many. So, so the the middle lane, what I call the middle lane, I see it as three lanes from Romans, though. Right? From Romans, yeah. Is the middle lane is what I call the comparative lane. And that's the person we're describing. They only compare themselves to somebody else. Would you notice this? If, the, if you're in that lane, if you're this person from Romans 2, 1 through 16, then you never have a self-awareness. That was the problem. Your only awareness is compared to somebody else. It's called self-seeking. That's you, exactly you, right. you were self-seeking the entire time on with your visit on planet Earth. Exactly. <clears throat> and so, you, so you're ignoring the same things as the other class. You just think you're a better person, which you're not, which is his point. And so I think that's the middle lane. And then the third lane, Jace, is the is the ones who have the law which specifically Paul was a Jew. So he said, you know, you think because you know the law, mm-hmm. because you have the law, that that makes you better, but it doesn't because you can't keep it. Which but is, I know. will have to say, because there's no excuse, we've already we've already determined that. But I sympathize with, you know, the Jew being God's chosen people. Yeah, exactly. and, and, and when I went to Israel, I, I sensed that in my discussions with them because I kept, you know, they, a, a lot of the people I talked to, they just thought Jesus was a good man, but he wasn't the son of God. They stop at Malachi. Right. And uh, and I get it because of of their history and yeah. they have the law. and but But still, 
Paul made it pretty clear. <laughs> Very clear. <laughs> he started off saying, we've declared this Jesus through the spirit of holiness as the son of God by the resurrection of the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then he, when he gets to chapter three in verse 22, it's like this righteousness from God comes through faith. In Jesus Christ to all who believe. Because if we just have the law apart from law, yeah, and we have our ability to keep it as cool as it was that God gave it to you, you're just not going to be good enough. Yeah, I know. Let's take another break. That James 2.10 always comes to me because to me, the only success that I've seen in that discussion is that verse. Because it's like you can keep the whole law, which is incredible, and yet stumble at one point. I'm quoting James 2.10, and you're guilty of breaking all of it. Yep. I mean, what a dash to all those things that you thought, well, I'm better than I'm better than most. That's right. Better than most. So sometime I want to preach a sermon called A Tale of Two Pharisees because Paul, obviously, he was Saul, but he was when he was struck down on that road, it had such a huge impact on him that he immediately became something different. Oh, yeah. I mean, no doubt about it. He, he was unique. But, you know, the Nicodemus is, I think, more of a picture of what you're describing, Jason, of a, yeah. a, a Jewish Pharisee that started questioning wh- everything he thought he knew when he met Jesus. And so when you go back to John three and you start reading about him when he first appears with Jesus, I think that's, and then over time you start seeing that he'll pop up a little bit later. And then finally at the end, of course, he, he takes Jesus' body down. So we know he became a believer, but it, but he was over time. You that's know? why I love how that, that show that I'm a big fan of the chosen and we're working on, Getting, it's gonna happen. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. We're yeah. gonna get the, the few, creator, director, yeah. yeah, of that show on here. But I love how they portrayed Nicodemus. Yeah, in, in that show that that I mean, they got it from from here. Right. But even there's one moment in there where they captured really in his mind his he's Nicodemus is looking Jesus and his followers. And you see his mind working. Nothing is said. You just see his mind working of what are the consequences of me following them? Yeah. And his whole world would come crashing down on how he's viewed. And that's why I said about how you're one of the biggest excuses is is your posse, who you're hanging out with and how you're going to be viewed. Because, you know, well, if I yeah. You're looking at all the benefits of Christ. Great. But then you're like, but how will I be viewed? And look, I really struggle with this as a teenager coming to Christ because I knew if I do this, I am not going to be viewed favorably in a public high school. It's just not going to happen. And what what I really struggle with is it's just the cheesiness of it. Cause I always looked at people at churches like, Oh, these have got to be the cheesiest people in the world. <laughs> you know, they're not athletic. They, they don't, you know, play games or have fun or it, it just, in my mind, that was what, that was going to be a big struggle. Of course, once I got in, I realized that was all just in my mind. Right. Well, I think of this third lane, I, me personally, I think sort of a lot of the modern church, you know, around the world, especially in our culture in America, it, we kind of fit more in this category to me of thinking you got it all on straight. Yep. You know, oh, I agree. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I relate. There's more. no need to come to car. Oh, I'm, I'm good. That's right. And, and, yeah. and when you're not, and, and it's just a, I'm not having awareness. Plus you notice Paul uses, not only talk about the law, but in verse 25 of chapter two, he brings up circumcision, which we talked a lot about, that on the podcast about that being this mark, you know, obviously it was instituted by God with Abraham, but he says circumcision has value if you observe the law, but if you break the law, you become as though you had not been circumcised. If those who are not circumcised, keep the law's requirements, will they not be regarded as though they were circumcised? So he's making the point that just because you have this physical mark, spiritually, you're still corrupt if you can't 
embrace you, Jesus. Right. I mean, you, you yeah. miss it. It comes down to the parable of the sower. <clears throat> if you look at it, the seed fell on the first one. He di- he just didn't get it. Yep. Didn't understand. The evil one snatched away what was sown in his heart. He can't believe and be saved. Depraved lane. Depraved yeah. lane. So the next one, oh, he says, man, that's it. That's it. That's what I've been waiting. Well, here comes persecution and whatnot because of the word that he just obeyed. Yep. Quickly falls away. That's two. Two out of two. The third one, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the things that happen to you while you're on the earth, you get all tangled up, and yep. it just can't grow. Too many, too many weeds. That's it's right. out. Yep. But the one it stuck was the one with a good and honest heart. Yep. Now that one produces a crop. It's one out of four, not real good odds, but it, at least it's a thing you can look within the parameters of it, and you say, you know. Yep. This thing is uh, this gospel. It's it's uh, when the seeds planted, better be honest about, better be honest with God and say, well, here's my sins. I got a lot of them, right. and it's by your mercy and grace that I'm going to get out of here. That's right. I'm going to exercise both to my neighbor. Right. I mean, the bottom line is you got to be real. And I mean, look, I'll, I'll I'll say this right here: when people try to say complimentary things to me or even our family. I always try to get it back to God's in control. This is what what's what you think, what you're viewing as me. Oh, y'all have helped me out. of That's the Holy Spirit of God. It ain't me. You know, Missy and I just this past week, we uh, we went and visited a couple friends who are a couple of hours from Austin, but she was like, what do you want to do today? And I was like, Let's go see our buddies, you know, and Brian, because I I love having in our group now on the other side of, you know, from BC before Christ in our lives to, you know, our posse, they were not back then. They were giving me terrible advice and information, but now, you know, after our encounter with Jesus, we try to, to have close people in our lives who encourage us and yeah. help us, and we're all on the same page. And there's a couple, uh, their last name are the Van Normans. They live in, in Bryan, Texas, and they have an old house that was built in, like, I don't know, 1890. So I was like, so, let's go there. I'll find the treasures <laughs> in their in their yard, and you can see the house, and you can talk to Casey's her name, and Justin is the guy. And she met them on a mission trip. Uh, I think it was Nicaragua. Oh, yeah. That's how she met them. Yeah. And uh, – and Casey has written several books that Missy said, I read that book and I was like, Oh, please be my friend. Cause she's <laughs> like, I love this girl. And so we've, they're, they're two of our good friends. I tell you this story to say this, you know, when you think you have it all together and, 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 and everything's going good, cause we have a tend- tendency to do that. You don't recognize that we're all flawed. We all struggle. We all need encouragement. Because, look, when we went there, we just had a day with us, beautiful day, and we talked. And when we got in the vehicle to go home, Missy, her first word, she said, I needed that. And I said, you know what? I did, too. And she got kind of teary-eyed. And they weren't trying to encourage us. They just did. We're we're doing the same things. You know, she's a counselor and, and deals with people, and they just love the Lord, and they love people, and but you realize in that moment that we're weak. We always get sidetracked. We get off. We need each other to get our focus on back to where the true power is coming, which is God and his spirit and what we have in Jesus. And that's how we do it. They weren't trying to encourage us. They just did. So so what? let's take one last break. So what you're describing is community. Which yeah. is we'll get there in this in the Roman study, but you know it's interesting, Jay. So I preached the sermon yesterday, which I'm like you, I, I, and people say, "Man, you know, you knocked it out of the park. You did a good job." All the accolades you get after a sermon, but I'm like you. I mean, when I pray, every time I speak, every time, whether it's preaching or just sharing, I pray that the Holy Spirit will say what He needs to say through. I'm just mm-hmm. a vessel, right. and so if it if it's bad. That means I got in the way. If it's great, that means I got out of the way and the Holy Spirit did what he was supposed to do. That's that's how it's supposed yeah. to work, right? Because we have a tendency to always make excuses, you know? I mean, they may be now, well, I'm tired. 
or uh, you know, I'm nobody. There, people are not responding, or that's why you always need encouragement right. along the way. Is that we are flawed. I mean, we screw this up in the beginning, and we have a tendency to screw this up <laughs> after we're in Jesus. We just get off track. I think a good question to ask yourself, since Romans seems to be focusing on that, is what's my excuse? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question when it you is. you look at who Jesus is. Because that's what led to this whole letter. Yeah. He's like, we're all in different lanes. We all have different forms of idolatry, and, and we rationalize, and we are in these physical bodies, and we get tired, and we make mistakes, and we do all these things. But we then justify our how we live our life based on those excuses. And sometimes in life you notice that when people encourage you and you know, I, I mean, we're all doing the same thing, but I told you about this day we had. I think it was a God orchestrated arrangement. I mean, I'm it just popped in my head, let's go see them. Right. But I really realized once we were there, oh man, we needed this. We I, I just felt like ready to take on the world after that. And look, they might have felt the same way, but from my perspective, I'm like, man, so what's interesting is then you know, a day later, I'm speaking in front of this group of people, but my fire's been been mm-hmm. been kindled. You know, I've been oh, yeah. talking to someone who who they're spiritually mature in the Lord, and just being around them, they're the type of people you know you punch them and just verses come out. It wasn't <laughs> like they were just you know had a plan for you. <laughs> That's right. It's like it's it, your conversation is just, and so uh, you know uh, we talk, we've talked a lot of the last two two sessions about excuses but one of the ways on the on the post side of coming to christ that you can do to that's the opposite of excuses is get people seek out people who love jesus that you're around yeah you know when i'm helping my kids every time when we have a moment of like they go off the you know parenting's tough and you're like, what are we going to do? That's one of the first things. I'm like, you need to find people and seek them out who can help you spiritually. Because the reason these people pop in your head is the same reason that they will help you. That's right. You know, everybody the should... display of that was when uh, Stone's little daughter got a little into some mischief on the internet. Yep. And, boy, I've never seen a family structure rally around her that's exactly like right. exactly we Woo. all did because it, it does you know the old hillary clinton line it takes a village it does take a community of people it does. to well, be there takes the top five encouraging people from your phone not you phil because you don't have one but your rolodex <laughs> yeah. you have the old time no he, he didn't he, mom has a rolodex he has like pieces of paper taped to the wall which is because what my left yeah. <laughs> what they're gonna do the reason they're in your top five is they do the same thing as Paul did to the Romans because he came that person to these these people. He tried to get them to get their focus back on where the power source and, and where the the glory and the credit should come from. And by the and way, that's God's plan through that's Jesus. Right. That little dissertation he went on in that Romans one and two, and then now next the Jewish people. I mean, that pretty well covers all of humanity and you you get that down there you say but amazingly the sins are identical that's right to the ones 2000 years this is written 2000 years ago yeah, yeah that's a long time well and not only that it's it's common so so jace is right to to live unashamed is to be able to be open and to be honest to <laughs> self-reflect i mentioned on the last podcast on iamsecond.com they have done a, a kind of an update on the original story about Dad, Jep, and Reed. Uh, Jay's your oldest. And now they've cut those into new episodes. They've added Lisa and I as well as uh, Phyllis. But on that, it's called From Dysfunction to Dynasty. That's the name of the series, Jay. Hmm. And I, 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 I love it, the idea that we're all dysfunctional. And people say, oh, they come from a dysfunctional family. We're all dysfunctional without Christ. Yep. I mean, so how do you build a dynasty only through Jesus? I mean, only through the Holy spirit. It's the only way it's ever going to happen. You're not going to do it any other way. I'm always, you know, Lisa and I speak to an audience and they're always surprised. And it's funny. They're not surprised that we struggled. They're surprised. We're willing to talk about 
And I think that's the difference. I mean, I think that's what living unashamed is all about. You're willing to just admit it. I love Reed's yeah. uh, episode on this dysfunctional dynasty because he was a teenager. He was having struggles that a lot of teens have, and he was willing to talk about it. I mean, that's how you impact people. Yeah. Well, I was bringing up this, you know, this couple, the Van Normans. I mean, the whole what drew us to them is, well, I'm telling you, when they tell their story. <laughs> It's as blunt. I think she wrote a book called Raw Faith. It's raw. <laughs> and but that's the Van common, Norman. That would be Swiss Dutch, uh, maybe. You know, yeah. Never have the but Van Norman. I love it because she calls her husband the governor. The governor. <laughs> the governor. Yeah. I, I, there's something about it. <laughs> just, I love these people. He looks like I'm he's at a least bull start rider. calling me the governor. Yeah. He he looks like he just come off a bull. Yeah. He just has that. He got the cowboy hat and. I don't but know, if your woman uh, uh, is calling you the governor, that means he had a pretty pretty good skill set. Whatever he's I, doing. I just thought. That's a good sign. I don't right like there. that. You know, I looked for in their yard, but they whoever owned it before they did had evidently the, to make the grass look so good, they brought in a lot of dirt. So I didn't find a whole lot. Yeah. But and he was kind of tagging along watching me, you know, like well, no, what what because we're ultimately he's thinking, Man, we might find you find a bar of gold here. <laughs> we're gonna get things right. <laughs> But all I you got to pay the governor, Dave. I didn't find a whole lot. I found three wheat pennies and a lot of clad coins. But I found this one object that we couldn't figure out what it was. It turned out it was the tooling off of a machine because it had a patent number on it. It was like in the year it was like eighteen seventy something. It was they made uh, buttonholes. And so I said, well, so whoever lived here at some point, hundred years ago, they had to be in some kind of fashion, fashion or clothing, because yeah. this this is off a machine that, and it was old that made buttonholes. And he's like, well, that's interesting. I'm not sure it's gonna be life changing. Well, Al, we we go from this, <laughs> we go from this podcast to the meal I have presented for Ooh, y'all. What, what have you got? We're for gonna us? drive a short distance, and we'll be. This is called sticky chicken. Mm, I like the sticky chicken. Sticky chicken. I was actually nervous on what you were fixing to say. <laughs> heavy on the garlic, heavy on the garlic, pan fried chicken, put it in the oven, hour and a half, but you fry it, you brown it on top of the stove. This is a John Foles recipe, right? John Foles yep. coming Great right out of his mother used to fix it. Sticky uh, chicken is uh, one of my Deep favorites. South Louisiana. There you go. I like sticky it. Sticky chicken. Let's go. We'll eat. let you know how it turns out. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.